and a level 10 opportunity is the greatest opportunity available to me at the moment. Okay? When I was a kid, I went to Head Start. Anybody go to Head Start? Head Start is a government-assisted program for poor kids. And I was raised by a single mom, small town of Woodbury, Tennessee, right up the road. And I didn't know it was for poor kids. But I went to Head Start, and uh, I cried every day, four years old, because I was away from my mom. I was raised by my mom. And I cried so much that my grandmother actually got a job at Head Start in the cafeteria so I could be around my grandmother's school. So she went to work in the cafeteria so I wouldn't cry every day. Right? And I used to complain because I said they put seeds in my cereal. And that was ra uh, Raisin Bran. <laughs> and um, so, so, I, so I go there every day. My grandmother take me home. I got to spend time with grandma while my mom was working two or three jobs. And, and I thought about that when I was about 40-something years old. And I said, man, that Head Start program gave me a head start in life. Because when I was, got to kindergarten, I didn't cry when the other kids cried because I went to Head Start. I got all the crying out of my system. So when I went to Head Start, I, when I went to kindergarten, I was ready to go. I was ahead of the other kids because I went to Head Start. Those Head Start teachers are still there, by the way, some of them. Now, because of that, when I was 40-something years old, I said, man, I should be doing something for kids. I should be doing more for kids. God gifted me with this talent of coaching kids. I don't want to go back and work with kids individually because I'm coaching adults and I got full play. But that doesn't mean that I can't build something for kids. Okay? I have a creative mind. And I can package an idea. What am I going to call it? Why don't we call it success school? Why don't we teach kids how to be successful? Because no school in America is teaching them how to do that. Right? Why don't we teach them? What are we going to teach them? Why don't we teach them the habits of the top 1%? So I went and found a teacher, former teacher, who was in my coaching program, who was an Optavia coach. And I said, you're going to lead this school for me. She loves it. She, right? I come up with the ideas. I handle the marketing. I come in and do the boot camps, teach the parents. She coaches the kids. Then we certified coaches. They can coach kids, right? Now, why did, why did, that, why did I really do that? Okay? So, so then I started asking, how do we monetize this? How do we make some money so we can, we can actually grow this? Because where there's no profit, there's no mission. Where there's no money, there's no mission because I can't grow it. I need money to market. I need to reach other people. Everybody see that? So I started asking, where's the money? Who's got the money? Who's going to pay for it? Is it individual parents? Is it schools? Is it grant money? And a woman in my coaching program called in one day, and she said, man, I, I, I help people get grants every day. Could I help you? I'd love to help you. And I said, absolutely. See, what I did is just manifest it out in the universe. Right? And a superintendent of schools called in one day because she saw a webinar I did that nine people showed up at. She said, I want to help you with these success schools, and I want to start putting 30 kids per semester in your success schools. She said, the government gave me a bunch of money during COVID that I have to spend. And if I don't spend it, I lose it. And I'd like to spend it with you, coach. And I said, well, just how much money are we talking about here in your budget? And she said, $1.8 I said, we'll take good care of them kids. <laughs> Ain't nobody love them kids like we do. <laughs> Ain't nobody loves kids like us. <laughs> Now, here's, here's the point. The point is, this is a big lesson I want you to take away. I can't tell you how many people told me not to get into education because there wasn't any money there. That's what they told me. Like, you don't want to get into coaching schools and kids because there's no money there. 
That's what they told me. I don't ever listen to other people who have not done it. Ever. I don't ever take advice from people who have not done something, which is what a lot of people do. So once I put my B out there, my because goal was because, uh, uh, right, because coaches changed my life when I was a kid, because I grew up on a ball field, because I went to Head Start, because of that, man, I'm going I'm to start these success schools. Everybody see that? I'm going to fund them up front, but we're going to make the money back on the back end when we help enough kids. Okay? See, what I'm telling you is when you start doing this exercise and you really get down to your because goals in the middle, when I ask you, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do this? Because of this. This is a big reason. Okay? So I want you to take a minute right now and I want you to write out what your, some of your B's are. Because this will activate the prey drive. If you don't have a big B, the prey drive will never be activated. What do you really want to do? And you can make it crazy. Like it's your, it's your, it's your dream. It's your ideal. It's not mine. So literally write out what you want it to be. And write out all the frustration points at A right now. Like A, I'm so frustrated with this, 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 and this. So start with your frustrations and move toward your ideal. What class did you have in school in, in, in manifesting vision? You didn't have that class? Yeah. See, see, I went to college for nine years for three degrees. I went as far as you could go. They call that terminal. That means there's nowhere else for me to go. I went as far as you could go in college. Nine years, very expensive education, and I had not one class in cultivating a vision for my life. What about finding your talents and purpose in life? What about marketing those talents? What about monetizing those talents? So there's no surprise to me that people don't know what their talents are. And by the way, a talent in the Bible was a sum of money. If you read the parable of the talents, when he gave each person a talent, he was giving them a sum of money. One talent was worth $360,000, two talents, $720,000, three talents, over a million. He gave each a talent based on their abilities. So it'd be like me giving you $360,000, me giving you seven hundred twenty, dollars me giving you a million based on your ability and saying go and bring it back with interest. Go multiply it. And at the end, the people that went and multiplied it, he came back and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Anybody ever heard that before? A lot of people say at the end of their life, if they're a faith-based person, they want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. The only place that is in the Bible, the only time it is, re- it is mentioned in the Bible is in the parable of the talents. So, so a talent is they give you a sum of money uh, to your ability. Now, is it fair to say you should have more ability as you get older, yes or no? Yes. You should be more skilled as you get older, which means you should be able to make more money. You should be more skilled today than you were 30 days ago, okay? So, so when you think about it, what I, what I see a lot of people don't have is they don't have a vision. Where do you want to take this thing, right? What, where, what is your B? So once I know your B, it's like now I know, and then I ask you, what are your because goals? See, I need to know what really, what really activates you inside of you. Everybody see that? See, and I need to, I need to go real deep with you. I need to get real intrinsic. If you study the habits of the top 1%, one of the habits is intrinsic motivation, which means there's steam in the engine that we can't quite figure out where it's coming from. 
If you look at Solomon in the Bible, Solomon and King David both had daddy issues. And the way they worked through those daddy issues is they worked and 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 they, worked and they, and they built wealth and they made money and they made money, right? And then Solomon comes back in Ecclesiastes and says, all useless. Why was I working that hard? Because I was just here for a little time, right? So, so, so when people have pain in their life, they typically, they typically compensate for that pain by motivating it, which means they just work themselves to death. They become workaholics. They medicate it which means they try to escape it some way. Or they meditate on it. They just keep it inside and stew on it, stew on it, and stew on it. When people have pain from their past, those are typically three things they do. Some people become workaholics. Some people medicate it. Some people just sit on it and stew on it. Okay? Now, I'm telling you this because for you to get over here to these big goals, you need some steam in the engine. Right? Like, like, like why do I still work as hard as I do today? Because the truth is, I could live off my investments and not work like this, right? Like people ask me, why don't you just take it easy? Why don't you just build something and let other people do all the work? And I'd say, man, I'd be miserable because this is part of my purpose. Helping people play at a higher level is part of my purpose. Everybody with me? So, so the question becomes, how do we find our purpose? Because I know some of you told me this is what, that you, that, that's the reason you come for it. So there's two things that you need to think about. These are my definitions of purpose. Okay, these are Coach Burt's definitions. Number one, usage of a unique talent or ability in the world to solve a problem for another person. Okay, it's usage of a, an ability. How many of you know talented people that don't use their talents? What do we say about those people? Man, they got so much what? Okay, potential is cute at 14. It ain't cute at 42. But I can't tell you, when I meet people, I can't tell you how many people I meet that are highly talented and undercapitalized. I'm like, you are so talented, but there's something missing here. Okay, what is missing between A and B? And by the way, I'll show you in just a second what's missing. Number two, <coughs> distribution. So notice I'm using the words usage of a talent. That would imply what? Carrie, I have found my talents. To use it, i got to find it. And how many of you think when you see somebody prospering and really just crushing it, what are they really doing? Are they not using their talents? Yes or no? Is the world rewarding them? How's the world rewarding them? Yeah. Money is a byproduct of usage of a talent. They're multiplying it. They're bringing it back with interest.